What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Monday, March 1st. I'm Akila Hughes. And I'm Gideon Resnick, and this is What a Day, where our goal this month is to sit in a new chair. Yeah, I just found a chair over in my living room that I completely ignored. I thought it was just a shelf for blankets, but I'm going to give it a shot. I've had a clothes chair for probably like 15 years of my life, and it's time to use it. On today's show, voting rights at the Supreme Court, then some headlines. But first, the latest. The message that needs to be prevail, Dana, is that these are three highly efficacious vaccines. I can tell you, I have been fully vaccinated with one that was available. It was the Moderna. If I were not vaccinated now and I had a choice of getting a J&J vaccine now or waiting for another vaccine, I would take whatever vaccine would be available to me as quickly as possible. Yo, uh, those are facts, and I agree with that. (laughs) But uh, that was Dr. Fauci on CNN yesterday talking about the newly authorized Johnson & Johnson vaccine and encouraging Americans to get whichever of the three currently available vaccines that they can. This week, the first few million doses of Johnson & Johnson are going to be shipped out. This is all happening as the U.S. is hitting new highs in doses, getting into big, beautiful biceps every day. So Gideon, big picture, where do we stand at the moment in the pandemic? We stand at a pretty good place. I mean, considering (laughs) all we've been through, you know, week by week, things have been progressing in the right direction, which definitely feels good to say and feel after all this Mm -hmm. time. And the Johnson & Johnson authorization is the latest example of that. Um, But to Fauci's point about the vaccines overall, the reason that we're hearing him and other public health experts telling people to get whichever vaccine becomes available is kind of twofold, at least. So First, of course, it's to help us reach herd immunity faster. The more people that are protected at varying degrees, the fewer places the virus has to go. And second, that all three vaccines are massively, massively successful at preventing hospitalization and death from COVID-19, point blank, even Mm -hmm. if the top line numbers for mild disease are somewhat different. Separately, it's also difficult to compare these vaccines to each other because they were tested at different times, for one thing. Pfizer and Moderna's trials largely took place before widespread emergence of the variants, for instance. Yeah, and we said this was coming at a good time. So let's talk about how the overall vaccination campaign is actually looking right now. It has been way up, uh, which is awesome, especially encouraging given the slowdown from the winter weather. So Mm -hmm. Friday and Saturday each had over 2 million doses administered, according to the Bloomberg Vaccine Tracker. And overall, more than 72 million shots have been given. So something like 14.6% of the U.S. population has gotten at least one dose, if not two. And the good news is that those daily numbers are only poised to increase. For instance, at a recent House panel, Pfizer said that by the middle of the month, they're hoping to increase their supply from four to five million shots per week to about 13 million each week. Moderna said that by April, they're looking to double their supply to more than 40 million per month. 
And Johnson & Johnson has said $20 million in total by the end of March. So soon enough, we really could be talking about $3 million or so shots daily, which is great. And with mm-hmm. that, hopefully we get past many of these other logistical challenges of finding doses, making appointments, all that stuff. Uh, absolutely. And we are well on our way to surpassing Biden's goal of 100 million shots in 100 days, which is good because experts said we needed to aim higher. Then, of course, everyone is keeping a close eye on variants and case numbers. So what is the latest there? Well, we've seen cases overall plunge from these crazy, insane highs over the holiday season, but health experts have been slightly concerned about a plateauing in recent days. So we don't have enough data to know for sure, but that steep drop in cases has for now kind of leveled off at around 70,000 per day, which is still quite high. Uh, CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky said at the end of last week that there was a, quote, very concerning shift in trajectory. She said it's possible that the variant first identified in the UK could be playing a role there and that collectively the variants they've identified make up something like 10 percent of U.S. cases. So big picture, there have been some experts saying to kind of gear up for another potential bump in cases in the spring, but that summer could quite likely feel quite a bit closer to some kind of normal, if we can remember that. Um, A lot of unknowns, but a lot of good news as well. Yeah, something to look forward to. The light at the end of the tunnel isn't so far away. I know, for the first time in maybe (laughs) ever. Uh, So more on that in the coming days. But on to our next story, voting rights. Mm -hmm. So earlier this year, we talked about the massive new push by Republicans at the state level to restrict voting. So we're going to take a moment to update on that and some of what's happening in the courts and in Congress. So let's kick it off with the courts. All right. The big news is that the Supreme Court is going to hear a case this week that could determine the future of the Voting Rights Act. The case has to do with two particular voting rules in Arizona. The first is an out-of-precinct rule that would throw out ballots cast at the wrong polling place. The second is a ban on mail ballots being collected and turned in by others. Democrats and a group of voters sued the state over these rules in 2016 under something called Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act, which allows people to sue if a voting law or policy is racially discriminatory. They won the case, and now Arizona's Republican attorney general and state Republican Party are appealing to the Supreme Court because they are desperate. And aside from arguing that they are not violating Section 2, they're also asking the court to restrict Section 2 altogether to make it harder for people to use it to strike down discriminatory voting laws. Yeah, and this comes after the Supreme Court already weakened the Voting Rights Act back in 2013 by essentially gutting a different section that was Section 5 because they thought Mm -hmm. it was outdated. Yeah, that was a part of the law that required states with a history of racial discrimination in voting to get pre-clearance from the federal government, meaning they had to run new voting rules by the Justice Department and prove they weren't discriminatory before being allowed to enact them. Uh, RBG famously dissented in that case, saying that getting rid of pre-clearance was like, quote, throwing away your umbrella in a rainstorm because you're not getting wet. Well, Mm -hmm. it is still raining and we only have a tiny umbrella called Section 2 left, so hopefully they don't really poke any more holes in it. We need as much as we can get. Yes, uh, no more rain. That would be nice. Uh, We touched on this a few weeks ago, but let's do a little refresher on the voting laws that Republicans are pushing for. Yeah. So the short of it is that Republicans aren't betting on winning again with their policies, of which they seem to have few, you know, just reactions to Democratic policies. And so their strategy to avoid complete irrelevance is just to make it harder for everyone else to vote. At the state level, GOP lawmakers are considering well over four times the number of bills to restrict voting access as compared to roughly this time last year. That's over 165 bills and counting across 33 states and counting, according to the Mm. Brennan Center's latest data. And the bills run the gamut, but they primarily restrict mail voting or increase voter ID requirements like signature matching, put in place invasive poll watching, make voter registration at all more difficult. And they would like to aggressively purge voter rolls with few obligations to let people know that they're no longer registered. It's pretty much the most anti-democratic thing I can think of. 
Yeah, pretty much. And this is happening in a lot of places, but some places more so than others. It's definitely happening in the states that cost Trump the election. Arizona Uh. leads the nation with 19 restrictive bills on the docket. Pennsylvania is coming in second with 14, followed by Georgia with 11 bills and kind of a wild card. New Hampshire has 10. I guess they felt left out. And (laughs) all of them are built on the big lie, which is racist, xenophobic, ableist and pretty much every other ist, you know, that the election was somehow stolen because Trump just couldn't get the votes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about this again because we have some updates on what Democrats have been doing to respond to all of this. So let's go over that part of this. All right, so they are organizing, baby. On a local level, <laughs> Dems are working to expand voting access across the board. 11 states have 33 bills that would allow all residents to vote by mail, which why would you not want more people to vote? Like, does anyone ever ask Republicans why they hate when people vote? Uh, but 13 <laughs> bills would extend mail ballot deadlines. 18 states want to expand early voting. And 19 states have introduced legislation that would restore voting rights to people convicted of felonies, just to name a few. But even on the federal level, Dems are fighting back via a bill called H.R. 1. You can expect to hear more about it this week as the House is voting on it. Even yesterday at the Klan rally known as CPAC, the former president was complaining about H.R. 1 because he knows it will make voting easier for all of us. Kick rocks, Trump. No one cares. Yeah. And uh, so we'll come back to it. But let's do the cliff notes for now on H.R. 1 or the For the People Act. All right. So it's legislation that basically reduces all the barriers to voting that Republicans are clinging to like flies to shit. You know, automatic voter registration, expanding mail and early voting, ending partisan gerrymandering, ethics reform, a lot of other stuff. If you care about climate change or police reform or the minimum wage or just making sure your vote counts, this matters. And getting it done now matters because who knows what's going to happen around the midterms. So we'll have more on that for you soon. But that's the latest for now. It's Monday, Wad Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we're talking about the first socially distanced award show of the year, the Golden Globes, which was last night. We've already mentioned how this award show is basically not real, but it's still fun to watch. As we go to record, about half of the awards have been given out, so giddy, are there any highlights or lowlights for you so far? It seems like with everything during the pandemic, they were just getting through it, you know? Mm. (laughs) They were, like, everybody was sort of like... I guess we have to be here to accept. Um, I mean, not everybody. I I feel like uh, the Killing Eve girl, Jodie Cummer, she didn't. She was like, I'm not not doing that. (laughs) Good luck. Oh, good for her. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, they like some people were able to like lean into more of like the technical snafus, I guess. Like, I haven't seen that much of it, but, you know, the Daniel Kaluuya Award acceptance, he recovered (laughs) pretty quickly, which um, makes sense. but the rest of it, yeah, like, it's a dumb thing that occupies three hours of my time every year. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how much of the filler time is people just mingling around and, like, looking at each other and, like, waving to each other. Totally. And not having that aspect of it is just sort of like, this is really, I'm truly watching people on Zoom. That's that's what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. And, like, I want them to cut to someone at the wrong time and see them not laughing. Like, that. I need the, the in-person yeah. experience for this to be worthwhile. Because otherwise, you're just like... I mean, this really could just be an email. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it totally could be like a chain email with everybody on it. You find out at whatever time you won, you lost. Okay, log off. Enjoy the rest (laughs) of your Sunday. Um, That would be, yeah, that would be a better use of time. So I guess I sort of know the answer to this, but how, how are you feeling about this so far? 
Well, you know, I think that uh, I think that anything over Zoom is difficult. You know, we do a podcast every day, and I'm like, if people had to watch this as the podcast, it would not be as entertaining <laughs> as you know, as if we had like a theater of people or something. Um, you know, it's just it's hard to get that energy. Like, I think every screen that you add takes away like five percent of your energy. And then there was that one mm-hmm. part of the awards where I think it was for Soul. They had like the person on Zoom talking about how they're happy oh, they yeah. won the award, and then they hold up, you know, the director's <laughs> like iPad while he's talking. I'm like, it's seventy screens. There's too many screens. I don't feel anything anymore. So that's definitely like you know the running track of the show. But I will say, seems like the Hollywood Foreign Press uh, is trying to make up for it by giving a lot of black people awards. So, uh, you know, it was the last day of Black History Month and it's always good to see Daniel Kaluuya and John Boyega win awards. So keep giving them to them. Yeah. I think that we should get them. They, they definitely read the headlines, it seems like. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, just like that, we've checked our temps. Stay safe. Hey, why not give yourself an award? You seem pretty cool. And we'll be back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? 
And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. The White House has decided not to sanction Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman for the brutal killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi in 2018. An intelligence report released by the Biden administration last Friday concluded that the prince approved an operation to kill Khashoggi and also authorized violent measures to silence Saudi dissidents overseas. Some lower ranking officials got sanctioned for their involvement in the murder, but the prince got none, despite the report's very clear findings. Yesterday, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki defended the decision, saying it will allow for room to work with Saudi Arabia in the future. We also could maybe not. uh, (laughs) In other foreign policy news, President Biden is facing bipartisan backlash for his decision to carry out airstrikes in Syria last week. The strikes targeted Iranian-backed militia groups that attacked U.S. troops and facilities earlier this month. A White House spokesperson claimed Biden was exercising his constitutional authority to defend U.S. personnel, but members of Congress from both sides of the aisle are questioning the legality of his decision. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo responded to allegations of sexual harassment against him yesterday. In a statement, he expressed regret that his previous workplace comments were, quote, misinterpreted as unwanted flirtation, essentially using the classic non-apology, I'm sorry you felt what I did was wrong. Cuomo maintained his denial of the recent allegations, which have now been brought forward by two former aides. The second is someone who worked for Cuomo during the pandemic, and she revealed this weekend that he asked for inappropriate questions about her sex life and implied he was open to a sexual relationship with her. After initially choosing a Clinton-appointed former federal judge to lead an investigation into the claims, leading to concerns that there would be political bias, Cuomo reversed course and said he would cooperate with whatever independent investigator is chosen by New York Attorney General Letitia James. The grocery store that invented food but quirky Trader Joe's is facing (laughs) criticism for firing an employee after he expressed concerns about worker safety. Earlier this month, New York City crew member Ben Bonima sent a letter to the Trader Joe's CEO outlining recommendations to reduce COVID transmission in his store. Those recommendations included improving filtration and letting employees kick out maskless customers. Soon after, Bonima was dismissed with a note that said his suggested policies conflicted with the values of TJ's. Representatives for the chain later said that an employee would never be fired for raising safety concerns and that Mm. Bonima lost his job because he was disrespectful to customers. Bonima thinks his firing was retaliation and plans to present his case to the National Labor Relations Board. So not only will I pause on shopping at Trader Joe's until this is resolved, I'm also going to take a break from my enormous collection of boxy Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, give him a break, you know. Well, Mm -hmm. quick update on Bella and Gigi Hadid's dad, the man who's famous for having super successful model daughters, is also a wildly chaotic L.A. real estate developer. And he's facing major hurdles right now in his plan to build a huge gated community in the middle of a public hiking trail. Mohammed Hadid has spent 10 years and millions of dollars excavating and building the luxury compound in L.A.'s Franklin Canyon, allegedly using shell companies to obscure zoning violations. His work has been met with protests from members of the surrounding community, who formed a group called Hillsides Against Hadid. Animal lovers should also know the complex is being built where mountain lions live, and as we know, mountain lions skew NIMBY. Now, (laughs) the future of the project looks uncertain, as Hadid's holding companies declared bankruptcy last month to avoid foreclosure on the land. To pay off his debts and keep building, he'll need $30 million, which is definitely the most I'd pay for a small to medium-sized mountain. Yeah, that is the asking price. That's what I've heard. You know, so check out my GoFundMe, and those are the headlines. (laughs)
One last thing before we go, we've got a great new YouTube video to share with you. That's right, you. Crooked Media Political Director <laughs> Shaniqua McClendon interviewed Representatives James Clyburn, Alma Adams, and Cory Bush about HBCUs, why they chose them, and how that choice has impacted their perspective. Yeah, they also talked about whether or not our culture is starting to reward political figures who embrace the diversity of who they are. It's super interesting and thoughtful as a discussion. So go check it out at youtube.com slash crooked media. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, buy my used Hawaiian shirts and tell your friends to listen. <laughs> And if you're into reading and not just real estate listings for mountains like me, What A Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Akila Hughes. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and thanks for, for the, the podcast, podcast Golden, Golden Globe. Globe. I'd like to thank my uh, agent and the Hollywood Foreign Press, even though they didn't want me to win this. You know, <laughs> they're bad. I'd like to thank the, the travel agency that booked those flights. Um, that seemed to really pay off for us. <laughs> Today is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tan is our assistant producer. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Katie Long, Akila Hughes, and me. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Feel like you got enough to do already? I do. That's why I use Ship Same Day Delivery to keep up with my busy life. They know the snacks I like down to the extra creamy in my peanut butter. I can get deliveries at home, on set, or even when I'm away on vacay. And my personal shopper, Amber, she's got my back. As in, she asks them to check the back if it's not on the shelf. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com slash high.